0: There's a big difference between having an opinion about something versus having conviction about something. A conviction is something that you, a a belief that you hold so deeply that it shapes the way you act. Conviction determines behavior. An opinion is something, right, that you'll discuss, you'll even argue about. Right? Whether, who should be in the top four in the college football playoff? Should Notre Dame really be number eight? Shouldn't they be like 9, 10, 12? Cubs, Sox, opinion. Conviction is something that you're willing to die for. As much as I love the Cubs, I'm not going to die for them. And there's there's no shortage of opinions out there today. In the age of the internet and social media, like everyone has an opinion about everything, right? That's the, and it's always been the case, but it seems like it's more so now. It's like, everyone wants to know my opinion about everything. So I post it, I tweet it, so that everyone hears my opinion. Because, of course, everyone wants to know it. There's no shortage of opinions today. Convictions, however, are more rare. People who change the world are people with conviction. You look at history, it's not necessarily the most wealthiest person or the smartest person that effected the most change in the world. For good or for bad, whether that change was for good or for bad, people that effected the most change in history were those men and women with conviction. Because conviction is powerful, conviction drives one, right, it it informs one how they act and behave and conduct themselves. It sustains someone. Conviction sustains. When difficulties come, when challenges and obstacles come, conviction in a person allows them to continue to go, to press on. When you see conviction in someone's eyes, it's inspiring. You take something just as simple or as low as a diet. When someone's convicted of a given diet that they're on or they're they intend to go on or begin. You wave a piece of shiny chocolate cake in front of them under their nose and they don't budge. Like it's inspiring. There's part of it, it's like, man, maybe, like, maybe I should do that. We, what we need to do is build our conviction. We need to build our conviction because whether or not we realize it, whether or not we, we often think of it, we've been commissioned to change the world. And we're not going to change the world with opinion. We're going to need conviction. What exactly do we need conviction in? Why do we need to build our conviction? And then thirdly, a look ahead. So first, what do we need to to build our conviction in? That Jesus is king. That he's king. This is the the last weekend of the liturgical year. It's as if all the the year has been pointing to this weekend. It it, it sums up all of Christianity that Jesus Christ is king. Is he king? In the gospel, we just heard the, the account, the exchange between Jesus and Pontius Pilate. And what we see in this exchange ultimately is that Pontius Pilate is a weak man. He's a weak man because he's floating around Of like on the question on who Jesus is. Jesus is standing in front of him. He needs to make this decision. He's floating around. He's, not, he's wavering on who he is. Pontius Pilate is a man with a lot of opinions. He's got opinions on maybe who Jesus is. He's, he, and he wants to please a lot of people on that opinion. He's got his wife there who seemingly is getting to the spot who's, who's more is like, hey, Jesus, he, he, he might be king here. He wants to please his wife. He wants to even please Jesus. So he's he's in engaging this discussion with Jesus. He wants to please the crowd. He wants to please the scribes and the Pharisees that have brought Jesus here and want him to rule and put him to, put him and convict him. Pontius Pilate here it lacks conviction. He's got opinion. He lacks conviction. And conviction is what needed. Opinion doesn't cut it. And I think a, a lot of modern ideas of Christianity more and more, the modern ideas of Christianity is to have Jesus as a consultant. To have Jesus as a chief advisor. To have him even as a life coach. But what this feast day today says, this feast day says Jesus is no chief advisor. He's not a life coach. He's not a consultant. Jesus Christ is king and he's got to be king. He requires that he's king. So the question that this feast day proposes to all of us here. Is Jesus king of your life, of mine? Is he? If if, I think when when, when I was younger, if someone asked me that question, someone asked me that question, I think my answer would have been something like this. Um, sure. Maybe. Yeah, I guess. Leave me alone. Weirdo. Right. Like I was okay with obeying him. So, as, so, so, long as, so long as I didn't have to listen to the rules that I disagreed with. But as king, as king, if he's king, if he's king, I obey him even if, with the things that I don't like. I obey him because he's king. I was okay with submitting to him so long as I could still do whatever I wanted. See, but as king... As king, to submit to him means that I I placed every component of my life underneath, under his reign, his control. I was okay with, I was okay with trusting him so long as, so long as things went according to my plans. See but having Jesus as king, having him as king means that I trust him even when things happen in my life that I don't understand, that I don't like, that I, that I wish it maybe wouldn't have happened, having him as king, having him as king says, Lord, I trust you, I don't get it, I maybe don't like it, but you're king, so I trust you. That's what we need to grow in conviction in. That's what you and I need to grow in conviction in. Why? Why do we need to build conviction here that Jesus is king? Because the church's position in society has has drastically changed. It is no longer what it was two, three generations ago. We've been talking a lot about as a staff here over the last couple of weeks and months that we cannot continue to operate the same way. The church cannot continue to operate the same way today as it did 50, 67 years ago because it's drastically different. The way the church is positioned in society today is different than it was before. We are, we are no longer in a Christian society and culture. And so therefore, because the society does not promote Christian values, it, it's, it's harder to have a conviction in our lives that Jesus is king. So when we talk about even having a Catholic school here at this parish, when we talk about doing religious education here, we talk about preparing kids for confirmation, we talk about even when we gather here on Sundays, it is different when, we, when the kids leave school and go home after they go to Catholic school, or after they have religious ed, or after they're, they're, they, they, they're formed for confirmation, or even after we leave here, when we go home throughout the week, it's different today than it was 50, 7 years ago. Because 50, 60, seven years ago, you could look out, you could go with your coworkers at work, you could talk with your, kids at, your friends at school in the halls in high school, you could walk out your front door and look to your neighbor to your left and your neighbor to your right, and the things that you see, the conversations that were had, promoted a conviction to have Jesus as king. That is no more. That is no more. So we need to build our convictions. You and I here this morning, we need to build our conviction that Jesus is king. Because now the church is positioned in the the society similar to what what it was the first 300 years. The first 300 years of when Jesus died and the apostles are going around where there's hostility towards Christianity, that's where we're back in. And it's not just enough for us just to to kind of grow in conviction here and hey we're good like we're gonna grow in conviction no because the whole point is for us to go out and help to go out in a world as we've talked about numerous times before a world that is increasingly despairing and increasingly verging on hopelessness and it seems like I get convicted by that more and more by the day I was just reading another study that came out the other reading uh, reading something the other day that pointed to the fact that despite being only 5% of the population of the world, Americans consume over 80% of the world's opioids. Americans consist of 5% of the world's population. We consume 80% of the world's opioids. It points to the fact that hopelessness and despair are increasing. It also points to the fact that we're searching. G.K. Chesterton once said that every man who knocks on the door of a brothel is ultimately knocking on the door of a cathedral. Every man that knocks on the door of a a brothel ultimately is searching for God. And God is the answer. But even though God is the answer, because we're increasingly in a secular culture now, we're going in the wrong direction. God's the answer, but we're going in the wrong direction. Just in this last week, there was a new study that came out, a study, on the state of religion here in the United States. And we knew, we knew that there was a dis, a, an increase in the disaffiliation with the faith. But what this this new study showed out is that, that rap, the rate is just getting more rapid and rapid of a disaffiliation with Christianity and a disaffiliation with the church. And when you look at the most recent generation, kids that are born in the year 2000 and later, we are seeing that it's, that it's not even that they're, they're saying, they're checking the box that I'm agnostic or I'm atheist. The box that they're checking is that the God question is completely irrelevant. It's not even that they're identifying with agnostic or atheist. It's, it's the God question is irrelevant. God doesn't matter. See, but God does matter. He does matter and he's the answer to the cry of every single human heart. God's the answer to the cry of every one of our hearts this morning. And he's also the answer of every single heart who's not here this morning. Our children, our grandchildren, our friends in school, our coworkers, our neighbors as we walk out and look to the left and right. God's the answer of the cry in their heart as well. So we need a growing conviction. We need to know more the story of Jesus and what it is that he's done, what he's done for me and what he's done for every single person because the story, the gospel story has life transformative power when we fully know what it is that he's done. So looking ahead, looking ahead, believe it or not, Christmas is five weeks away. As we know Advent, in, in preparation for Christmas, we have this time of Advent. Advent, the point of Advent is to prepare our hearts for the coming King. What if, what if this Christmas, what if we arrived at Christmas this year different than we've arrived at Christmas ever before in the past? If we arrived at Christmas this year different than we have in the past? If we arrived at Christmas this year, with a deeper conviction in what it is that God has done for us. If we arrived at Christmas this year different and a deeper conviction that Jesus is king and that I need him to take a step to increase and put him king in my life. That's why this year as a parish, we're going to take the next four weeks of Advent to build our conviction. We're going to have a preaching series these next four weeks on build your conviction, build our conviction of who Jesus is, that he's king. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna take these next four weeks to know the story, to go in detail on what the story is. Because the narrative of the story has been getting lot more and more lost as we go on. It has, it has begun to not get passed on in its fullness from one generation to other. We've gotta reclaim it. Because when we reclaim and we know the story, we build our conviction of what it is that he's done. And we can place him as king. And we can go out to a world that's hurting. That's despairing. And so each one of these weeks, this first week we're gonna look, a uh, first week of Advent, we're gonna look at created, that God created. Why did he create? Why is there something rather than nothing? Why am I here? Does my life have purpose and meaning? The second week, second Sunday of Advent, we're gonna look at captured. If God created, then why the heck is everything so messed up? Why is there struggle in my heart? Why is there strife? Why do things go wrong? What happened? How was it that, that, that we were captured as a human race? And the effects that that has and the consequences that, that has on our daily life today. Third Sunday of Advent is about, is about rescue. What has God done about it, if anything? That he's rescued me and then lastly, this fourth Sunday of Advent will be response. What then ought to be our response? So moving forward, a look ahead this week. Let it be our prayer. Maybe our prayer this week is Lord, help me these four weeks of Advent as we do this as a parish, help me these four weeks to grow in conviction on who it is that you are, what it is that you've done, that our hearts and minds can be captured anew and that this year we arrive at Christmas different than we ever have before with a deeper conviction that the one that was born in a manger is king.